Welcome to episode 21 of the VD Clinic podcast. High school suck or high school's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Winter sucks. High school's a bitch. I got those mixed up. Um, let's see. I think we should welcome our guest first. Don't you think, Vanessa? Or should well, you introduce the guest since Or we could introduce ourselves. Ah. Um <laughs> I am Darren, and my wonderful master host, Vanessa. Hello. <laughs> we are so off our game right now, and our guest is probably like, what the fuck is going on with you people? I would never think such a thing. I would at least, well, I might think it, but I'd never say it out loud. That's quite all right. You could completely say it out loud. And so our, our guest is from the Scream, the Scream Queens podcast. Mr. Patrick Walsh himself. Hello, Patrick. Hello, hello. hello. Happy to be here. Congratulations. Your podcast is legal to drink now. I know, right? Very exciting. And it's almost been one year with Darren. It's a milestone. Oh, congratulations on a double congratulations. Such a mitzvah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Next will be next month. Officially. Officially. Fascist February. For you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I can't really remember how this episode. We're gonna be. We're not doing fascist February next month, but we are gonna do a little bit more heavy type conversations. So we thought we would take a little bit of a winter break and do two movies this time. So we are doing 1988's Heather's. Did I have yes. that year right? Yes. And you said 1990. I 1998. Jawbreaker. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize until you actually said it that they were 10 years apart. I'm kind of shocked that they're 10 years apart. Because doesn't it seem like it should be longer in a way? No, it seems like it should be shorter. One seems like a direct ripoff of the other. (laughs) Well, true. But it is like the next generations. I guess. Yes. Like the way to look at it. But anyway, yeah. 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 Because let's see, Heather number one was a junior. Then mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, the other Heathers were younger. So they had to wait for them to graduate. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of, some of them weren't very smart. So maybe it took a I was years. told there'd be no math. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thank you. I was like, what, 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 Darren, where are you going with this? I'm I don't confused. know. I don't know. Is there a flow chart of any point? I, I, I don't if, know. I don't know. But, I don't really what? understand popularity because I've never had much of it. Uh, so... Oh, yeah. Look who you're talking to. <laughs> well, myself included. So I think that's why this I, this conversation works. <laughs> Even in bands, I'm the drummer. So I'm like the less popular person in the band. <laughs> but without you, the whole band falls apart. So go figure that. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Nobody's keeping the beat. It all falls apart. Yes, yes, yes. Um, before we go any further, 
because I know we're, we're kind of going all over the place, as we usually do. You will find that, Patrick. But I wanted you to tell everybody a little bit about your podcast. I have mentioned it before on the show and pimped it when I was doing the, you know, did the pot Yes. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, um, twice a month, every month, I am your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But there is a caveat. You're going to have to see them through my very, 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 very gay little eyes. What does that mean? You'll have to listen and find out. It's tons of fun <laughs> with lots of laughs, great guests. Absolutely. It's, mag- it's magic every time. Yeah, and I think I left you this message on one of your anniversary shows, but you, you're you one of the first podcasts that I actually was listening to oh, and like on, on a regular basis. Thank you. So, yeah, you kind of laid the groundwork, I guess, you know, for getting into my head for me to yep. want to do this. so. Oh, God. Geez, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> you created a monster. Yeah. I know. You've been doing this a while, so. Coming up Mazel on top. nine years. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Impressive. Impressive. Yep. 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 Wow. Um, you know, I'm, I'm now being called, in certain circles, the granddaddy. Of a game podcast. Oh God, no. Yeah, so that was the first. <laughs> no. Yeah, and it's like, mm, please keep calling me that. <laughs> Couldn't call me the daddy because daddy at least has sexual connotations. Your granddaddy, not so much. Yeah, I was gonna say at least call you the daddy. That makes sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> daddy, kids say today. <laughs> oh God, oh God. Well, is uh, there anything else we want to say before we go to a break? We will have our shit more together on the other side of this. Maybe. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I <laughs> At least I will. I will okay. keep you guys I'll from doing it. solos like the drummer that I am. Okay. I'll tap into the next song. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> we'll Fine, right I won't. Back. We'll be right back. And now... Another episode of Quarantine Theatre. Morning, Heather. Veronica, Jesse James. Kel's surprise. Hear about Veronica's affection for regurgitation? Oh, Heather, I think last night we both said a lot of stuff we didn't mean. Did we? How the hell did you get in here? Um, Veronica knew you'd have a hangover, so, uh, I whipped this up for you. It's a family recipe. What did you do? Put a phlegm globber in it or something? I'm not gonna drink that piss. I knew this stuff would be too intense for her. <laughs> <coughs> intense? Grow up. Think I'll drink that because you call me a chicken? Just give me the cup, jerk. Corn nuts. Oh my god. I can't believe it. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. Oh. What are we going to tell the cops? <laughs> Bucket, she can't take a joke, Sarge. Oh god. I can't believe that this is my life. Oh, my God. 
I'm going to have my SAT scores and send my SAT scores to San Quentin instead of Stanford. <sighs> oh. All right, all right. I'm just a little freaked here. At least you got what you wanted, you know? Got what I wanted? But it is one thing to want someone out of your life. It is another to serve them a wake-up cup full of liquid drainer. <sighs> oh. Yeah, all right, all right. We, we, we did a crime, and we did a murder, and, and that's a crime. But, uh, if, the, if this was a suicide thing, you know? Like a suicide thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you can do Heather's handwriting as well as your own, right? Uh. Yeah? All right. Uh, you might think what I've done is shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, to me, though, myri though, suicide is the natural answer to the myriad of problems life has given me. Oh, that's good. Oh, but Heather would never use the word myriad. This is the last thing she'll ever write. She's going to want to cash in as many 50-cent words as possible. Yeah. But she missed Myriad on the vocab test two weeks ago. That only proves my point more. The word is a badge for her failures at school. Oh. Okay, you're probably right. Um, oh, people think just because you're beautiful and popular, life is easy and fun. Um, no one understood that I had feelings too. I die knowing no one knew the real me. Oh, that's good. Have you done this before? Faye Ray. <coughs> Janet Lee. Adrian King. Heather Langenkamp. Amy Steele. That weatherman who saw the cockroach. That, oh my god, that is so shit! Oh my god! Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and you. Come on. You know you wanna. Let her rip. <laughs> that, oh my god! Oh my god! There. Now don't you feel better? You are now officially a Scream Queen. Come play with the rest of us at www.screamqueens.com. That's Queens with a Z. Or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. Either way, it's going to be fucking fabulous. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast. It's where horror gets bent. Does it not bother you that everybody in this school thinks that you're a piranha? Like, I give a shit. They all want me as a friend or a fuck. You blow it tonight, girl, and it's keggers with kids all next year. I'll tell everyone about tonight. Yeah, the Chandler is one bitch that deserves to die. Killing her won't solve anything. I'm a no-rest build-up man myself. Be a dick.
My best friend. This were like a suicide thing, you know? Hey, you can do Heather's handwriting as well as your own, right? I must say I was impressed to see that she made proper use of the word myriad in her suicide note. What was the first day after Heather's suicide like? Just so unfair. Sorry to hear about your friend. Thought she was your usual airhead bitch. I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. And I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I've cut off Heather Chandler's head, and Heather Duke's head has sprouted back in its place. Suicide is a private thing. <sighs> going to prom or to hell and we're back <laughs> where was jimmy stewart during that whole uh, scene that we just did he died long before Catherine hepburn <laughs> did you know he what, was the corn nuts. The ground by the time this movie came out <laughs> corn nuts <laughs> was peter laurie alive oh god that would add a completely different spin. I mean, because come on, Christian Slater, the fucking Jack Nicholson impression. Uh. <laughs> but that's not, not really an impression. That's just him. No, but it is so like over the top in this one. Anyway, we'll talk about that. I feel like he sounds more like himself when he yells in this movie. Mm. He does. He does. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Mm. So we are going to uh, start off discussing Heather's. Yes. How, yes, from how 1988. Very. How, how very, very. How very. Oh, God. Oh, my God. This came out when I was in high school, and we I could quote every single fucking line of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and even though my it had, like... Homer wrote a song that's entirely quotes from Heather's. Yeah. It, even though... I mean, I went through a period where I saw it a lot, and then I didn't see it so much. And then to watch it for this, it's like, even though it had been a while since I'd seen it, I still could quote almost every single fucking Yeah, line. Yeah, me too. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it, but it all just came flooding back. And it's so hard not to quote this. <laughs> I mean, for me, it is at least. Because I think it's the sentimental aspect to some extent. <laughs> Odd movie to be sentimental about, but okay. But I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was a junior in high school, yeah, when this came out, I think. Yeah, I was so, a senior. Oh, wait a minute. No. 1980. Or was I, sorry, maybe I was a sophomore? Fake news. No, 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 I'm trying to see what <laughs> of, oh, it came out in, oh, it was released in March of 89. <laughs> so it was when I was a junior. That makes okay. sense. March March of 89, I was eight. Yeah. Let's hit him with rocks until he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, was a, this was a movie my sister and my friend's sisters watched. And, I, you know, it seemed interesting, but I didn't really get into it until high school. Watching it now, I'm kind of shocked. This is a movie that would never get made now. Thank you. That is exactly – I wanted to talk about that because how do you? I mean, and then it goes to the point of they were trying to do – well, let me do the brief description of this movie, and you'll see why you can't make it now. So the IMDb description is 
in order to get out of the snobby clique that is destroying her good girl, her good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark psychopath and a plot to kill the cool kids. Are you? I mean, seriously. So, why did Freeform think that it was a good idea to, after all these school shootings and shit, to make a series of this? I, I still want to see it. I didn't get to see any of it. Did it air? Did it happen? Well, okay. So they <laughs> had like a preview airing of it. So some it was like limited release, and then it got yanked because of the Parkland, yeah, um, shooting. Well, yeah. And then um, I want to say maybe a month ago, they were gonna release it. They were gonna try to release it again, and something else company happened. And I think only it was like only limited release. Well, it's America. It's what every three days now, something like that. Yeah. Some so, shit goes down. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm curious to see it, but I also heard some not good things about it. I heard very not good things too, so. Yeah. Because I think part of why this works like it does is because of it was made in the 80s. <laughs> uh-huh. it, we didn't have this level of school violence no we didn't and also the way it's presented like since we're doing it back to back with jawbreaker i can't compare the two there's a sense of what's the word i'm looking for there's a dreamlike quality to certain aspects of heather's like not on like not realistic like uh, i can't think of the right word impressionistic yeah well just the fact of i think I mean, sure, Jawbreakers. I mean, talk. I was going to talk about it more later, but yeah, of course. But I'm this, sorry to just be gone, but no, no, no. This is okay. Kind of derailed this a little bit, but that's how we go here. Um, that's how we You're always. You're welcome. Go. We. This is how we always go here. Um, <laughs> we could always I, introduce Jawbreaker and then intertwine it, since there's probably oh, going to be the comparison. No, no, no. Just okay. Just said anything. Yeah. Let's but, just say um, the dreamlike quality of certain certain sequences and certain aspects of Heather's kind of kept it for being super real well you do have these specific nightmare scenes in the film which add to that but it's the fact of well look at jawbreaker it has this very distinct like color thing going on which was directly inspired by heathers but heathers takes it to that other step that you see in like a david lynch film you see in argento you you know something like what you saw in Peter Greenaway's The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, where you have these distinct colors associated with these certain characters, and that character has that distinct color carried throughout their entire world. Like, Heather is always blue, and you look at the house she lives in, not just her bedroom, it's blue, like, like drawn in between. You know, Heather Chandler is red, and the same thing with her house. Because, and again, it's not just their kitchen... I mean, it's not just their bedroom. It's like you look at the scene in Heather yes. Chandler's kitchen. It's red. Yeah. And a lot of the lighting gels kind of have these different glows and themes associated, you know, with each yeah. of them. And I think that's very interesting and definitely amps up this element of surrealism to it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's and honestly, that I'm a sucker for visuals like that. Mm-hmm. I definitely love that. I mean, and it some of it is a very like very small attention to details, but some of it is really obvious. Yeah, and I, like I went to all boys high school, so I didn't have 
to deal with clicks like this. Like when you took girls out of the equation, a lot of that social barriers broke down. Like so you had the jocks mm-hmm. hanging out with the nerds and that was totally fine. The only thing it couldn't be was gay or effeminate, but that's neither here nor there. But so I, I didn't have any like – I don't know how accurate this is to like real high school life, but I guess it must be. Well, but here's the thing. Okay, so I went to an all-girls school, but it merged with a boys' school my junior year. Uh-huh. And it's fucking girls that are clicky like that. Mm. That's what it is because I started with, at the all-girls school in fourth grade, and it was always like that. And then when you added the boys into the equation, it definitely, I mean, it certainly amplified it more, but I think that every school seems to have a certain amount of, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think girls add a certain element of, I mean, bitchiness Mm. for lack of a better word. Mm. I mean, it's a certain, like this competitiveness over nothing Yeah, and over you know, popularity and social stress. And I was not one of those girls. I was bullied by those girls. But, like, I wasn't, like, the bottom barrel of, like, the outcasts. But I was, like, in these weird nebulous places. And I was one of the few people that was friends with people in multiple groups. Mm. You know, which was further reason why the popular girls didn't like me. Crossing battle lines, Vanessa. Can't do that. Not allowed. I know. know. Stay on your turf. And the fact that I was never mean to them, you know, either, even though they were mean to me. It was just, yeah. But I guess there is a certain amount of why I saw this movie and it, like, there was something about it kind of clicked. Because even though I wasn't in that popular click of, you know, whatever high school I saw it and even in my clique I probably felt more like the Veronica than any mm-hmm. of the he- like the Heathers of my right. semi-outcast group <laughs> yeah, what about I, you Darren because <laughs> I think that brings it actually explains a lot of how we relate to both these films mm. of yeah. where like what you know how we grew up let's see uh i wasn't bullied much uh uh, the most the only thing i can really remember is when i went to saint mary's i had to ride the high school bus Uh, to mm. get to saint mary's Mm. and there were some dickhead high school kids that picked on me when i was little um for whatever fucking reason but in uh i mean i let's see in junior high and high school, uh, I noticed there were, you know, a couple different groups. My stepsister was the lead in the school play type person that sang in show choir. So to a lot of people, I was, you know, her weird stepbrother. And, you know, I started playing in a band when I was in junior high. And so I hung out with the punks and the skaters and the people that like to paint and stuff like that. So I just, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> noticed some, the, the hierarchies no, didn't really seem to exist uh, in the circles that I was in a whole lot, but the ones where I was more on the outside, they seemed easier to see. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we go any further, let's let's talk about this cast. Oh, That's such here. a cast! It is such a cast. Now, I, yeah, I I kind of love Winona Ryder. I have to say, I always have. Uh huh. There are very few things of hers where I'm like, no, I have no time for you. <laughs> like <laughs> Age of Innocence. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, when she became the period piece girl, I was like, oh, no, girl, no. Bad accents. Bad accents. <laughs> It's like if she could have done the roles without if she could have done the role without any accent and just acted, then I think it would have been okay. But it was, you know, there are certain people like Keanu Reeves don't fucking put on an accent. (laughs) It just takes away with from anything, any ability that you might have in any other realm. You you, know? Are you thinking about their accents in Dracula? Yes. Oh God, I was going to say that too. That movie. (laughs) I. (laughs) <laughs> poor gary oldman and anthony oh i hopkins. know thank you well anthony hopkins kind of chewing scenery a bit in that movie it, mm-hmm. well b- but it works but are we talking about that movie no we're not no we're not no we're not no so yeah so why not a writer i yeah i i don't know i'm always a fa- i've always been a fan even when she did stupid shit like shoplifting you know <laughs> yeah 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 did I have a free Winona t-shirt? Yes, I did. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Zora Cat has now joined us. Hi, Zora. <laughs> you can hear the purring. Um, yeah, so Christian Slater. Okay. I have to say, I like Christian Slater in some roles, but not every role. And uh, he just tries to be Jack Nicholson too hard in this movie. Like it's an impression, like a it's just a bad impression most of the time, and it just it wears on you. I think a little bit more so in his snappy snaps shack speech or yeah. soliloquy about yeah. how I've been moved around my whole life. See, it never bothered me. I don't know why. Well, it it's funny. It didn't bother me so much years ago but now it kind of does <laughs> yeah no, i just I mean, notice I've seen it more. I've seen, let's just say i've seen worse that's true <laughs> oh, um, no. kenneth Branagh, if you ever saw woody allen's celebrity he's um, doing a woody allen impression the whole movie but it uh, never goes uh, any deeper than that uh, but you're the anchor of the movie and i'm getting a two-dimensional character but at least there was something else besides the jack nicholson yeah to keep yeah. this character interesting yeah Hmm. I just noticed that it doesn't really bother me, but I've yeah. noticed it more as I've got older. Yeah, that, yeah. In my mind, it's the character doing it. Well, okay. That is a great oh, way actually, to look at it. That is actually a very good way to look at it and would not be surprising given yeah. what we see of the character. Yeah. You know, it's even like Okay, we'll talk about these characters more in a minute. But when Kurt and Ram are like sitting there and they see him in the cafeteria for the first time, and one says, "Who's he think he is, Bo Diddley?" Bo Diddley. Like, no seventeen-year-old would <laughs> reference Bo Diddley for starters. A shock of all people. Maybe a kid in jazz band, or you know, in the the band or something, maybe, but not a fucking jock, even in the eighties. No, would reference Bo Diddley. 
but still like it's it does point that who is he trying to be is he tr- he's trying to create some sort of image certainly but all, all high school kids do to some extent with him it's just the certain persona of the outsider or the rebel yes yeah mm-hmm. so i i think that actually makes a lot of sense now that you say that, Patrick. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> now the big questions. You get a gold star. <laughs> BQ What's... or regular? BQ or regular? Who, who says BQ? Nobody says BQ. They say BBQ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It. But yes, I, I, would, I would go for BQ given the choice. I would go for plain. If I were to eat corn nuts. Yeah, exactly. But what, in a very long time. So. What say you, Darren, as the Ohio resident? <laughs> I've never had a corn nut. Yeah, well, me neither, though. That's just it. Oh, I haven't eaten. Uh, generally, you know what, what, when my parents used to drag me to the American Legion parties that they used to go to when I was a kid, which is at this in the basement of this building that smelled like cigars and crying. <laughs> <laughs> and they had one of those shitty, like, coin dispensers that gave out corn nuts for like oh. 10 cents or whatever so I've, that's what i associate I've, with that i equate I've corn nuts with cigars seen. and crying in the american legion you're welcome long island right uh-huh yeah okay <laughs> that's about the same as ohio i guess in the middle of whatever suburbia but oh god yeah and then Shannon Doherty. Okay, this, this was is the beginning of her descent into bad girls. By the way, it was, she was a nice girl before this. She was. Do you she remember that show she did with Wilford Brimley? Wilford Brimley, Our House. Our yeah. House. I actually used to watch that. My mom loved that show. <laughs> I watched it because of her, oddly enough. Uh huh. No, she was America's <laughs> little sweetheart before this movie. Totally. And then she went bazonkers in real life. Who knew? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But what I love about this movie is that it's got, like I said, that tinge of surreality to it, but there's also a tinge of John Hughes to it in the side characters, like the one-line characters. Yeah. Who are so bizarre. (laughs) Yes. Or how they're – like the girl who pops in to announce that that Kurt and Ram have killed each other in a homosexual love pact. And yes. like, like, she leaps onto the screen. She leaps off the screen. It like would never happen in real life. Well, it's just hysterical. Like the whole like montage of the lunchtime poll. Yeah, it is the whole. It just it sums up that so much about that entire school. And then it ends with like the stoner, and she's like <sighs> on the pipe. <laughs> yeah. What? what? Huh? You got her after you've got the kid. So after taxes, blah, 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 you know, when he's breaking it down in this analytical manner. Oh, yeah. That would be my nephew. My nephew. That's exactly what my nephew would do. After taxes, you'd have. And, and he's the one later on who's like, oh, so do you have this video ready for my Princeton application? And you're like, fucking that suck up. We all knew him in school. You know. Doing all the things that look good on a college application. It, exactly. I, I, yes. I could rattle off three of those people off the top of my head from my high school class. I won't, but (laughs) I was not one of them. I still participated in stuff to, you know, but it wasn't to pad my resume. It was just to participate in stuff, you know, and it was things that I actually did genuinely enjoy. But yeah. Oh, my God. 
yeah, there's that kid. And then, then like, okay, I love Betty Finn, played by uh, Renee Estevez. Renee Estevez, what happened to her? I don't know. I loved her. I know. Because the year before, she had been in Sleepaway Camp 2. Sure on did. On Happy Campers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she didn't have quite the prolific career as her brothers. No, and she's utterly charming. Yeah. But of course, it's that old high school, uh, that whole high school movie thing of throwing pair, a pair of glasses on a girl. And now she's the ugly, ugly one. Yes. Yeah, because she's Agreed. totally gorgeous. But all she has wrong with her is she wears glasses and dumpy clothes. Yeah. Yeah, and they did that in the the other movie with Fern Mayo. Oh, don't even get me started. Well, okay, we'll get there. Okay. At least there was no bad wiggery in this movie. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> But Excuse I want me. to talk about the bad wiggery now. Oh, God. <laughs> there needs to be a Razzie for the bad hair of the year. <laughs> I want that category to exist. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. Um, let's see. Let me. Um, then Lisa Ann Falk is Heather McNamara, the one that's always yellow. Uh-huh. And then Heather Walker is Heather Chandler. And I know Lisa Ann Falk is actually, she's dead now. She is. Forget what she died of, but. I don't think she, really she or Kim Walker had much of a career or whatever yeah. necessarily after this. And, yeah. you know, and then you have, what's his name? Glenn Shaddix, who's the priest or the preacher in this. Oh, oh. yeah. Otho? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was also Otho. Mm-hmm. And with Winona Ryder. Was that the year before this? I think. I think so. I don't know. I think Beetlejuice was 88. Was 87 or 88. Maybe they were probably made around the same time and just I think Beetlejuice was released first at least. Yeah. Beetlejuice came out in eighty seven. Okay, yeah. But that's it just kinda makes me giggle that they ended up in this right after that. Oh, can you imagine Heather's directed by Tim Burton? Oh. Yeah. Is that like okay. Edward Scissorhands and Jawbreaker? <laughs> yeah, well well who would who would Helena Bottom Carter play. He's got a shoehorn. She would play, um, well, the, the teacher, the hippie teacher. She would have to, at this time. She would have to be the hippie teacher because mm. she was a little too old to play one of the high schoolers, but she was too young to play the crazy mom, Veronica's mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't patronize uh, Bunny Rabbit. Fucking pate, man. Oh God! So I, 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 one thing I have to say that has always stuck with me is this script. Yeah. Just the the dialogue, the way it kind of like goes back and forth, and I think it's a great blend of your with your you know your comic moments and this like really dark story. Yeah. And um, God, I mean, they're just. Like I said, I used to quote this like crazy in high school and just like in the halls at school, we'd throw it back and forth at each other. You know what I mean? Like, but um, do you have any favorite quotes in this? Oh, my gosh. Patrick, I'll go to you first. Oh, there's so many of them. I mean, why are you being such a mega bitch? Because I can be is an incredible line. Right. There's such power to that line and such truth. in it. it's like it's just because I can be. No, they, and that sums up so much of these characters. 
and life. And in life, right? Exactly. No, and it's, it's so succinctly put. I mean, there's so many wonderful lines. This, of course, is the big ones. You know, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. You can't go wrong with that. No, of course, of course. And you know, shower nozzle masturbation material for a month. Brilliant. You know, there's so many wonderful things. Why are you pulling my dick? <laughs> yeah, but I love the 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 moments exchanged back and forth between two characters or two three characters. And then they repeat them throughout the movie, like, what a waste. Oh, the humanity. Yeah. Like, the fact that they do that, and then the whole replay between Veronica and her two parents. And it's like, why do I do this? Because you're an idiot. Uh huh. It's like, it's Comedia del Arte stuff, but it's also referencing that's like, this is the same fucking conversation we have every fucking night. Nobody's listening to each other. Exactly. Because it yeah. just changes like, oh, I got a motor if I'm going to make it to that party tonight. Yeah. Oh, I got a motor if I'm going to make it to that funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a motor if – I mean, it, you know, it's – yeah, the parents are so out of touch too with what's going on with these kids. Yeah. You know, and they somehow see this as a meaningful connection and conversation and – Right, done and done. We did our parent job. We had a conversation with our teenage daughter, but you didn't really. Correct. Correct. And, and I like how they play with that in the JD and his dad, where it's exactly. just as, the role reversal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just as inconsequential because they're giving the answers that they want the other one to, or, you know, they're saying the words that they other, want the other one to say. So it doesn't matter. But they at least seem to make eye contact. I don't know if you noticed that. They make eye contact with each other and have these looks at each other like there is so much rage behind what they're saying and they're looking and resentment and they're looking at each other and you they're having another conversation with their eyes. Oh, I when agree. saying that whereas Veronica's parents are just on they're like Stepford mode mm-hmm. that you know where they're just kind of tuned you know tuned into this half position they're not even fully making eye contact right and making any kind of connection there yeah well like with jg and his dad i'm not conversation saying it's healthy, kind of, but yeah. there are at least some sort of communication yeah well no i was what i was going to say is that with jd and his dad there's this playfulness to it but there's also yes an animosity to it. Like you get the mm-hmm. sense that both of them know shit um, enough shit about the other one that I can destroy you at any fucking moment. And this is the relationship that we have now. Yes. We play around with how much power we have. Yeah. They're not right. even related. They just got into the, they, they killed their business partner who they call his mom. Yeah. And now they're on the run. Yeah. As long as there's a snappy snapshack. Exactly. As long as there's a snappy snapshack. <laughs> Beast Pretty on a much. Turbo dog. You don't want to go to the Circle K. Strange things are always afoot there. <laughs> That's you know that, that is so true. That is so true. You're welcome. Oh and oh my God, one of the mm. one of the lines in here that is so funny to me, but is also so terrible at the same time because so after so at the lunchtime poll and whatever they take a break and go to the bathroom and Shannon Doherty that Heather Duke character calls veronica into the stall and it's like can you come here because she wants her to help her throw up yeah and it's like grow up bulimia is so 87 yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. it's just like and she like waves her finger a true friend's work is never done and i'm yeah. like oh my god 
it was it's terrible and i was bulimic actually at the time oh so, um i don't know it made me it, it's a terrible thing and just but it yeah. makes me crack up his hysterically well it's just it's just horrible i mean they're, they're they yes. don't even like each other exactly no they don't it's clear that they don't like each other yeah and what i what it struck me this time too like i was looking at the way not just their colors yeah. but how they dress in general I'm like no teenager dressed like this ever thank you but it works because it's like a conscious choice we're going to well, dress like this so that we stand out. No, it, no, you're right. And it we is... play croquet not because we enjoy it. It's because you're not allowed to or whatever. No. It's ours now. We don't really care for it, but it's obnoxious and it's ours. Yeah. Yeah, they end um, up at all times. And like you look at like, okay, what they're wearing compared to the other students. Again, I go back to the lunchtime poll scene in the cafeteria. The Heathers, they have these power shoulder pad type blazers, mm-hmm. like that very 80s distinct thing. And yeah. whereas you go around to the other students, even like the ones who are like want to be the most popular, you know, the ones who are just the rung of below or something. Yeah. Or tangential. Right. The the ones who are spreading rumors around about whatever Veronica later on, they're wearing their very... It was a very 80s thing, and I know the big popular girls in my school wore that. I mean, we wore uniforms to school, but I know that they wore that on ALF hours. Those, like the cardigans from the Limited yeah, yeah, yeah. and the polo shirt, you know, that kind of thing. And it was a much, it was a very distinct 80s look too, but it was a much more casual kind of thing. Yeah. And the seeing the blazers and these more fitted like power suit kind of something that throws back to that and yeah. gives an you know a nod to that does give this sense of no we as the heathers we are ruling the school yeah and that sense of superiority yeah you know and kept watching it this time around like particularly the stuff with yellow heather yeah um and how her character arc goes. I'm like, man, this whole thing is about teen suicide and how the whole school is supposed to be bonding over it. And it's this whole thing. And it's this whole thing. But when they're actually having it in front of them, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, look. It's all about the dead. It's all about the dead and all this and this. But when you have someone who's actually in trouble, like Heather number McNamara. Two, McNamara. Nobody gives a shit. Right. And Well, yeah. And Martha Dunstock. Yeah. She becomes a laughing. She's because She becomes a joke. Because she can't even kill herself, right? Well, you know, killing yourself is one of the most important choices <laughs> a teenager can make. I, and I love that when I love that at that point that Veronica looks at her and is like, "Get a job!" <laughs> like, <laughs> but oh my god, the scene like okay, so after they have the first quote unquote suicide, mm-hmm. and you have the teachers in there and they're all discussing whatever and. Miss Flem, whatever the the quote unquote hippie one. Miss Fleming, about. Uh, yeah, Fleming. they called her Miss Flem, and a certain person in my house was very upset by all that. Yeah, I know. No relation, uh, no relation yeah. to Fleming Gargoyle. Thank you. Please continue. Uh huh. So, it, Fleming, you know, they were like, oh ha ha ha, you know, hippie woman will make fun of you. Well, then after the like Kurt and Ram quote unquote kill themselves, then they're back it back there. And I love that they're sitting there and the one guy's like cutting her off and it's like, no, you can't say that. And hold on, let me find 
the quote is, but it's hysterical that the principal's like, cut it out, Paul. Like, he's like, listen, I've seen a lot of bullshit. Angel dust, switchblades, sexually provocative photography exhibits involving tenants' rackets. <laughs> like, and then he's saying, this is her ground. Let her, like, have the emotional thing. But I just whole, love that whole thing of the way he's, like, going through the whole stuff and then sexually provocative photography involving tennis rackets. Very specific incident. <laughs> well, but, but no, it, it is a total nod to this is when Maplethorpe was really starting to get into trouble with the NEA. Oh, okay. And... And I, I was. A, I just thought there was an awful thing that happened at the art fair this year, <laughs> that one year, <laughs> right? And I'm well. I'm a huge Maplethorpe fan, and I was following his career and and all the censorship and everything with the NEA artists mm-hmm. in the and like Holly Hughes and Karen Finley. Um, I forget who the other. Piss Christ. Was a. No, no, no. It was before the Andre Serrano Piss Christ. There was another one. There were four of them right at that same time. And, um, shit, sorry. Anyway, it'll come to me later when it a totally fix it in post. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Whatever. But anyway, so I, yeah. So Maplethorpe had already been encountering these censorship issues mm-hmm. at that time. So it's a kind of a little thing, kind of a little nod to that in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a funny throwaway line in general, but it is it, like they were already, I mean, there are all these little nods to, like, just naming it Westerberg High after Paul Westerberg from The Replacements. Mm. You know, and wasn't Veronica named after the band, The Veronicas? I don't know. Did I make that up, Darren? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I have, no, I have no idea. You're alone on this one. I think so. I, anyway. Uh, I was actually really taken aback by Veronica's hats. Yeah. <laughs> she had a lot of hats. And all of them are awful. Well, that particularly the one that she wore to Heather's funeral. Yeah, I know. Well, it's like it's, that 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 like Nelson Mandela hat. I'm like, what are you wearing? Cultural appropriation? What are you wearing? What is that? <laughs> so, do you think that her having hats and being that age is weird, or that it was just those hats particularly? It was those hats. They were okay. odd hats. I'm just asking because I had a lot of hats when I was that age, but they were like vintage from like the 30s and 40s like mm-hmm. yeah I'm weird that way um <laughs> okay no i just had to make sure but you're right there are some pretty atrocious clothes in this movie but i do consider when it was made and it makes it the perfect time capsule for that uh-huh like i don't know where in ohio you'd be getting those hats I well know. i would figure pre-internet no, I would figure that her family, they obviously have a certain amount of wealth that they would yeah, go on you're to right, some, you're a right, trip to you're like right, New York you're right, or something. You're right. She's not Paris. the poor kid, right? Yeah. She's no, she's not the one who's showing up in t shirts and jeans to yeah. school. Like you can even see like Betty Finn's character is dressed down, you mm. know, neatly and cleanly and everything, you know, whatever, but the clothes look like they are of a lesser quality. Mm. And granted, she's also supposed to be the frumpier girl, but even in one scene where I think she wears something a little bit nicer, it's still, it looks more modest. Yeah. Was there, an, correct me if I'm wrong, was there a different ending to this movie? I, I think they did some sort of, at least written a scene 
where there had been the explosion and they were all dead. Okay. I think so. Uh, Whatever, and they were all in heaven or something? I think, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Somewhere? It just dawned on me, because I just, have you seen Tragedy Girls? Yes. Yeah. That was a movie that didn't work for me. Because yeah. it's similar to this, but I think it's just because the timing at the end of the movie, I was just like, this is so off-key. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they went that ending. And it ruined the movie. So I'm just wondering if it had been filmed that it tested and it didn't work or whatever. I don't know. Never mind. Sorry. That was just random. No, I think we all heard something along those lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that would have been much. I'm very happy with the way it ends now that she's just no. lighting a cigarette off of his smoldering body. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. And, and so, okay. I guess let's talk about Curtain Ram first. Let's talk about Curtain Ram. I have two, I have two things I want to say, but, but let's talk about Curtain Ram first. Oh my god. They're problematic, of course, in so many ways. In their homophobia and obvious sexism as well, but they're do we feel feel that the film fully points out what homophobic assholes they are and says like says that that is wrong? I mean, pretty, I think, yeah. I, I mean, think, they're, yeah. Only, they're only presented as two-dimensional characters anyway, and they don't have any good qualities. Well, and even after they die, J.D. says, to, I mean, to Veronica... Date, rape, and age what, jokes was all they all have. All they have here. left to offer this school is date, rapes, and age jokes, which sexual assault is the second thing I want to talk about, so we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, it's true. I mean, they really, from the get-go... They're pretty much using whatever slurs and and stuff, but even JD and trying to set them up to make them look like they killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pack or whatever. His whatever archaic homosexual artifacts, as he calls them, or whatever. Yeah. Like. (sighs) Yeah, but the thing is, that's not this. This is how I took it this time around. Because it annoyed me once upon a time. Yeah. But I'm going. He's trying to convince the dumbwits. Of this nowhere town that they were in. So these are the things that would speak to those dumbwits. Exactly. No, it's annoying. Who calls it mineral water? Nobody calls it mineral water ever. (laughs) Well, there was back a time where they kind of sort of did. But I think they had to do that because they couldn't say a name brand. Yeah. You know. It wasn't like the lunch that was brought to you by Carnation where they turned the milk cartons. Oh, my God. I was going to bring that up. There, what, what product placement deal did Carnation have with this movie? Uh-huh. It's place. Wow, I didn't catch it at all. I'll never not notice it again. Thank you. <laughs> Every single cafeteria scene, they all have Carnation milk. And then in the kitchen, when JD and Veronica are trying to make whatever thing for Heather, there's Carnation milk again. And I almost feel like when they uh, was it cut... Carnation? Sorry, was it Carnation Brent Hall cleaner? Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like when they cut to show from the other angle, the other side, it's it's like they turn the cartons so the the good Carnation logo is showing. But right. I did not go back to check that, but yeah, it's this 
lunchroom poll is brought to you by Carnation. No, and I even wrote that down in my notes. Carnation Milk must have had a, a, some sort of product placement deal. <laughs> Maybe they'll and make I a never... movie like the Room 237. It's like, what is the director trying to tell us with this Carnation scene? Carnation wants to know that we support teen suicide in all its forms. <laughs> Start off with Even that. Even when it's not really teen suicide. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Yeah, and I mean, and the whole thing, even and like going back to okay, saying like they set it up so that Kurt and Ram are repressed homosexuals and they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden, where JD leans over at like at the funeral because the the dad talking about I love my dead gay son, which I'm sorry is the fucking funniest thing kind of ever. Um, I mean, JD leans over and he's like, "How do you think he'd feel?" If he had a live son with a limp wrist. Yeah. And it's kind of true. Like, the, you know, this guy's only saying this maybe. Be, like, would he actually feel that way if, he, you know, Probably the kid not. had actually been gay and come out of the closet? Probably not. Guessing not. But I should, yeah. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> and I, I try to think about it in comparison because the, the, the guy that wrote it is from Ohio, but he's from Cleveland. Right. And I'm pretty sure there is no Westerberg in Ohio, but there is a Westerville. Mm. And Westerville sort of has mm. some of the parallels. There's some really well-off people and some poor people. And yeah. I, f- I feel like it was in a, a dry county, or at least they had a lot of anti-alcohol things oh, on God, the books. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, oh no, that's um, bad. Yeah. Those places are scary. <laughs> yep. uh, and uh, they, they've, I think they've gotten rid of those now, but they're, um, yeah, they're not a big population. And yeah. So I, I try to have that parallel and I, I feel like the dad would have been a lot less understanding. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say pretty much absolutely. Sadly, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. So there were some cool points to the in, in this, and the, like you know, every good dark comedy needs that. And um, yeah, not to derail your train that you were going on, curtain ran. No, I just I, I don't know. I think that it's something that has to be addressed with this movie, you know, because they are problematic. And I know with the Heather's TV series, uh huh. It was supposed, from what I know of it, it was kind of like the whole clique was going to be turned around so that one of the kids that was in it, I mean, was actually queer. And it just, it seemed like they were like turning into like, basically the Heather's clique would consist of kids that in this world of Heather's would have been the bullied kids. Yeah. And in return, in this modern Heathers, they would be the ones doing the bullying. Yeah. Well, let's I just say I, I have don't a know with if that I in think, theory. But yeah, I don't know if that could work. It could, because Lord knows I know enough homosexual people who are well, evil to the goddamn core. Oh, no, absolutely. They live their lives like this. I mean, that's one of the reasons I left the chorus is because there were, there's a group of Heathers. <laughs> oh, no, run no. everything, and they're awful. Like, well, you have I... to make appointments to talk to them. I'm like, you're not, but you're nobody. Just calm the fuck down. No, I think totally encountered that even when doing like LGBTQ activism, 
you know, certain mm-hmm. ones that are like, oh no, you know, like you're not good enough to be involved, like doing this or have control over this part of stuff, even right. though you're willing to do the work or whatever and yeah. stuff. You know, yeah, we want to have pretty people doing that. You know, we want yeah. like, you want to have ugly people asking for money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like certain things, and you're like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, when did you know? When did you all of a sudden, like, especially with activism too, you're just kind of like, we should all be. You want to tap into everybody's energy, and if somebody has a talent in this, utilize that. That's how we get a, you know, get ahead. Yeah, no. See, I'm in, see, are you but in charge though? Are you that. in charge though? No, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. So no. Yeah, when yeah. You're in charge, yeah, but I'm in charge. No, I hate these people. No, no, no. It's, it's all that velvet curtain. Yeah. Stuff. They're all stuck in stage two, as so many gay men are. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's unfortunately a lot of I've what I've encountered a lot is a lot of times it is like gay cis men who have done it to either you know lesbian you know whatever cis mm-hmm. women or trans people so you know I, I've unfortunately seen that yeah I mean so I can see not I mean, all I mean, the time don't not get all me. the time too but I mean I don't see us I don't see the point in not ever portraying us as bullies because that's not accurate but it's I would have to see how it works in this show yeah, but I don't know. Then it's not Heather's. Then is it? I don't feel. I, I don't feel like. Uh, I'm not saying have it exactly like this movie, but I don't know how you sustain this kind of a movie for a series anyway. Yeah, exactly. Since you're just, killing the cast. Yeah, just just because you're killing off people, it makes it. You know, it's it's a hard, <laughs> slippery slope of. Mm. You know what are you? How are you doing it? I you know. Written slippery. What? What slippery? <laughs> Sorry, the cold medicine's kicking in. Right on, right on. Um. Anyway, oh, um, did we have anything else to say about the? I don't know. I like Curtin Ram. Like I said, I just wanted to discuss them and their kind of whatever assholery and. Uh, I mean that that those characters are just kind of staples. Was yeah, kind of movie, and to see them get some kind of comeuppance for it is kind of gratifying. Oh no, it will. True, I mean, so because okay, yeah, the other thing that they have to offer this school, other than their homophobia or whatever, is their sexual assaults. Yeah, there's a lot of sexual assault in here. I mean, like yeah, seriously, that, that college party. Okay, I was gonna say Veronica, three times. Yeah, at the college party. Yeah. Then at um with what Kurt in the field. Yeah. And then even J D. Yeah. Eventually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When he flips out, he yeah. starts going that route. Yeah. So it's like but I mean she successfully fends all of them off. You sure. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what is I find problematic is that in the when she goes on that quote unquote double date with Heather number two mm-hmm. and they go out cow tipping. Mm-hmm. She leaves fucking Heather number two there getting assaulted. Like you yeah. see her in the background and she is clearly trying to fight off fucking Ram. Yeah. And meanwhile, Heather, I mean, meanwhile, Veronica just walks off with JD after Kurt has like passed out in the field. They don't even try to like save Heather to number two from that. Mm-hmm. I, 
you know, I find that problematic. That is problematic. I didn't mention it. But, you know, she's under the sway of a sociopath. Those the people are very powerful. That's the I, whole point of them. Is that you, I you, understand. I've been involved. You get in your with head it. and you make bad decisions. And... I understand. I've been involved with a sociopath. Me too. So. Um, unfortunately. But it's just, it really struck me this time. I'm like, oh my God. You can just, it's still totally, I'm like, the entire scene and all I could look at in the background was this thing just going and continuing. Yeah. Flailing and in couch shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is like, keeps like kicking and like throwing up her arms and he keeps pinning her back down like it is so obvious it's not even like she at one point just stops trying to resist like in an effort to like okay let's just get it over yeah not that it's consensual that way but she doesn't even give up no she's still actively trying to fight him off yeah it's yeah so I don't well, know. You know, so, you know, I mean, you can't I mean, you can only hold Veronica up to a certain amount of moral standards. Of course. I mean, yeah, she has. She's implicit in the death of several people. So you can't. Really, and by the way, he's like a bucket. When I first saw the movie, I took German. So I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. They're yeah. called I'm lying bullets. Ah, <laughs> uh... what he's legal means. means. <laughs> Interesting. Uh huh. Nice yeah, touch. That's why, that's why he asked, like, "Do you take German?" She said, "No, I took French." Yeah. She, she don't know what I'm saying. I just thought he made up a word. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he's yeah. cl- he's cold. He's clever. Yeah. Yeah. So later on, he could say, "I told you what they were." <laughs> well, it's just like I mean, he's completely. We know early on, not just he, that he pulls out the gun in the cafeteria to scare quote-unquote scare them we know early on that he's a sociopath because in the heather chandler death scene like they're in the kitchen and he sees that veronica has taken the drain cleaner he knows that before they even go into her bedroom he could have stopped her he didn't like he knows he knows exactly what's being done and he does have a moment and he says veronica like and he's like no, he, d- he decides not to stop himself and not to stop her. And by the so, way, I love that it's not even drain cleaner, that it's hull cleaner for a yes. boat. So even like she went out in the most like obnoxious. Yes. Richie Pooh way to go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, and okay. Then one thing that kind of drives me nuts about this film is, so they're setting this up. So these are supposed to be suicides. They are leaving so many fucking fingerprints everywhere i agree i agree but i'm also assuming that the police are have shown themselves that we what we see of them are not particularly efficient that they're going they're suicides what's to investigate well maybe yeah, i guess but i don't know it, it, it i guess it bothers me more well yeah because like it, at least with heather and they have time to clean up yeah but with Kurt and Ram, they don't. They don't. They do not. So I guess it bothers me more in a way there where I'm like, no. No. I'm like such a, I'm such a devious person where, you know, okay, if I'm going to kill people. Well, with, with Heather's bedroom. Together. Sorry. Mm. I'm just 
<laughs> laughing at how fucked up I am, but go ahead. Well, with Heather's bedroom, I don't know about JD, but it would be totally understandable to have Veronica's fingerprints all over it. Yeah. And this was late 80s. Didn't they wait? Didn't the trend of having your children fingerprinted? So if they ever got kidnapped or whatever, didn't that start yes. sometime around then? So they probably were too old to be in that. So, well, perhaps JD and the creepy shit he did in Vegas with his dad. Um, but if, I would imagine she would not be in the database. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I get mean, what you mean. There's DNA and shit all over the place. Yeah, as, and from an investigative point of view, this falls apart. But then again, there's surrealism to it. And if you, if you just oh, lean into it, or I get, I know a lot of people get hung up right on the first scene. They're like, why is she buried to the ground or to her neck and she's being hit with crowd key balls? It's not really <laughs> happening. It's not really happening. This right. Is, exactly. This is the relationship. This is just the just metaphor. Yeah, why? because I don't know what that is. Because, yeah, there's a scene where it is clearly she's had a nightmare, but then there's, you know, like where she imagines um, Heather Duke's funeral, mm. you know, and she's standing there with, you know, the ghost of Heather Chandler. Yeah. Who, with that entire costume design, still reminds me of very much the costumes from Beetlejuice. Okay. Uh, with some I don't of her, know, it reminds me of one of the end costumes from Xanadu, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> um, yeah, you might be right. You might well, be right. That big mega mix at the end where she shows up in eighty-five different costumes she reminds me of one of them. Mm. <laughs> it's here on. My afterlife is so boring. All I do is roller skate to Xanadu. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Xanadu. <laughs> I'd have I'm to go sorry. back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, that I've had, I haven't had Xanadu in my life that recently. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God. Um, oh, okay. So we we mentioned that college party or whatever yeah. that they go to, and so okay. Here you have Heather Chandler. She goes and whatever the guy like. I mean. She gives him a blowjob, and then she goes to the bathroom. It's like, the, like her rinsing her mouth out and everything. Like, just clearly, she fucking hates herself. Yeah. Like, and clearly, she hates what she does or feels she has to do to maintain this popularity. Yeah. So it's not even just a fact of she fucking hates other people. She hates herself, too. Well, that's usually at the core of it. I mean, okay, I didn't want to get into this, but I'll get into this. Okay. High school wasn't the problem for me. It was junior high. Junior high was ruled by these rich kids who were brutal, like physically brutal. I came home with like eight broken fingers and like strangle marks on my neck and that sort of thing. And the only way to escape them was to become one of them. So I was a bully for a really long time as a survival technique. And then long after I should have dropped it, I kept a lot of those tactics. One of those which was keeping everybody around you a peg or two lower by always stabbing at them. But it's just for fun. I'm just taking a joke. I'm going right for your Achilles heel, but I'm just making a joke. But underneath that was always that, was always that well, you know, I'm not great at all. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And, so, I mean, totally yeah, there's sense. that safe hate, self-hate under that, which drives it. And when you're stabbing at them, you're stabbing at yourself. And gra- gratefully, I grew out of that way too late, but I did. 
but uh, no, I recognize a lot. Like when, for instance, in that college party scene when Winona Ryder vomits all of a sudden, Heather smiles. She's, she's, she's like, oh, good, you're vomiting. You're making an ass of yourself. Good. Tell well, it's that, it's that this is going to reflect poorly on me. Uh-huh. It's not even that you're making a fool of yourself. You know, and worrying about... No, 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 because no, I recognize that look. You just went, I can just file that away as ammunition. It's it's totally what it is. It's uh-huh. totally what it is. Like, huh, really? Uh-huh. And yeah. it's like, also, she lick also kind of has... Baby, some... lick it up. I love That's that entire favorite. little fight between the two of them in the alley afterwards. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. The it's vitriol. Very well written and very well performed scene, mm-hmm. which is yeah. technically over nothing. Oh, exactly, exactly. Fucking bullshit college party that no one's gonna remember in ten years, <laughs> <laughs> or even five, Mm-mm. unless you're a uh, Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> He'll have a calendar with it. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I couldn't resist. No, 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 no. Make it. You made it topical. Very well done. Darren and I tend to do that. <laughs> Topical like an ointment. Well, this is the VD clinic. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. Yes, yes. And of course, the bell jar has to make an appearance in here. <laughs> or at least a Cliff Notes version of the bell jar has to make yeah. it in here. Yeah. Which I kind of love that. And we, it keeps popping up so much on this show, we should probably just do it at some point. But... <laughs> Good old Sylvia. I know. I know. Oh my God. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Um, is there anything else uh, you guys want to bring up? Well, I just wanted to say that I was impressed by her proper use of the word myriad in her suicide notes. <laughs> oh my. Oh my God, the teachers. Because it's I, not even again just, out of touch, clueless, no idea what's going on. <laughs> but I love that it's okay. So this movie, it gets these different kinds of teenagers so right. Yeah. But it gets the different kinds of teachers so right too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you're right. How out of touch they are, and how out of touch the adults in general seem to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which... sadly, it's not not. A, do you, I would love to say this is very much a movie of its time, but it's not. <laughs> Well, because that's true. It's like, look at all these different incidents of school violence and the responses to them. And you can see the same thing happening now that you could see in this film. I remember when Columbine happened and everyone was on the news going, I can't believe something like this happened. There's nothing like this has ever happened before. I remember thinking as I was watching the footage the day I was going, I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. Right. Given the powder keg that high schools are, when you throw in, aside from all the socio-political stuff that's going on, raging hormones. <laughs> right. The, unpre- the unpredictability of raging hormones—they make you insane. So. True. True. Yeah. Sad times. Yeah, and I don't mean it, and I just kind of. It's. I think it's interestingly put in the fact of, in the way that they say, 
the school self-destruct not because of society, but because it was society. Right, because the school was society. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the line I was just trying to think of. Yeah, that pretty much summed up the whole movie right there. That this yeah. is a microcosm of society, just as, but not as a reflection of the whole thing as a whole. And it's all determined to break down. And then because JD the only place we can all get along is when we're all dead. In heaven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. Like, that's that's exactly what JD says. And it's like, there's a certain amount of truth to that. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. I mean, it, high school is a powder keg of just shit waiting to happen yeah it's just a matter of what I still can't believe the movie got made and distributed and has this kind of like star power behind it well it's not like it was a commercial success because it wasn't no. no it wasn't but um i mean they had they even had that scene i guess it was a dream but in basketball diaries in 1995 they had a scene where he walked in wearing a trench coat and killed everyone in his classroom yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And then what? Um, they are not related, but uh, aside from being in the same timeline. But when was Columbine? Was that 98 or 99? It was 99. It was 99. That's right. It was my year, my first year at Allenberry. So it was 99. Yeah, it was 99. So that was. Yeah. 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 So they could still have that in 95 because that hadn't happened yet. Uh-huh. Right. 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 Hmm. But it is, yeah, it's it's definitely in the column of, of they can't make that movie today, really. No. No. No, no, no. That's a shame. Because kind of, we almost kind of need it more now mm -hmm. than we did in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> recognize like okay, this is the problem, and maybe and maybe not the way it's summed up here, but just that yeah, there is life outside of this. Yeah, True. be friends with who you want to be friends with. Yeah, because um, it's yeah. all going to be over in four years. <laughs> You'll <laughs> never see these people again. Which, yeah, brings me to the discussion of Jawbreaker. Um, will that thing carries over? So anyway. Do we? I mean, let's. Uh, I guess wrap this up, because I, I think we're all kind of on the same page of, you know. Do I mean? Would you recommend this movie? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely! It's a treat. I mean, we didn't really touch on how, how even though it's so dark, it's a ton of fun. It's malicious fun. Oh, it is absolutely. No, it it's exactly part of why I love it, but. It's fun while it's doing it and while it's being genuinely dark. Yeah. Un unapologetically dark. Oh, absolutely. And I think the strange costume choices make it a little bit more timeless. Because yes. it's not so pinpointed. Yeah. Yeah, it creates a fantasy world, even though when you do look at the costumes, they are very 80s. Yeah. But... It doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like a lot of other movies of its time. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know who else does that color-coded character thing? Red, yellow, green, blue? Yeah. The, the Golden Girls. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh -huh, so they're the Heathers grown up. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never not notice it now. <laughs> You're right. 
I probably, I, I I tend to yeah, just because of my costume and theater background, I tend to notice costumes and sure. hair and makeup and pretty quickly anyway. But yeah, then when you point something out like that to me, I'm then I'm gonna be like obsessing about it. Uh huh. I'll say, damn you, Patrick. <laughs> It'll even be to the point where they all sit on the sofa, but they'll sit in order. Oh my God! Red, yellow, green. It's always red, yellow, uh, green. It's never out of. It's never any other order. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's is hysterical. Blanche red. That's been a long time. Um, no. Hmm. No, no. Dorothy's red. Okay. I think, yeah. It actually they kind of. I think they shifted around. It's not really de- designated to one character all the time, but it's always those four colors. Interesting. Well, okay, so I have a discussion for Jawbreaker related to this. Okay. All right. On that note, I guess, um, so we all recommend it. And, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, definitely. So on that note, we'll take a break, and then we will come back with our discussion of Jawbreaker. Fabulous. Awesome. Mm. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. You should have seen the four of them. People worshipped them and cursed them, but everybody wanted to be them. Courtney was the leader. All right, girls, out! She was like Satan in heels, and Marcy was her henchman. I don't think we'd have met what was the cruel politics of high school and all. At a school like Reagan High, being the teen dream can be a little hard to swallow. It is with deep dismay that I inform you that Elizabeth Purr... I heard she choked on a jawbreaker. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Are you Courtney Alice Shane? Maybe. Now. I'm Detective Vera Cruz. One detective will try to find the face that fits the facts. You ever seen one of these before? No. No? Take a lot of licks to get one of these things down. It's hard. You frighten me. Learn it. Live it. Love it. TriStar Pictures. Do you like it? It's okay. There's nothing kinky about okay now, is there? Can you say freak? Comes the battle between the babes. She's so evil. And she's only in high school. 
It's over, Courtney. I am petrified. Jawbreaker. Our best friend is dead. Do you have any idea what that means? You were shooing for prom queen? And we're back. So <laughs> we are back with Jawbreaker. Now, if you look at the end of the movie and the credits there, it says it was 98, but it was released in 99. Mm. So it's the same thing with like Heather. They're 10, they're 10 years apart. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. <laughs> Just difference of when they were filmed and released. Either way, they're still 10 years apart. But Jawbreaker it is described as three of the most popular girls at Reagan High accidentally kill the prom queen with a jawbreaker when a kidnapping goes horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess. Yeah, I sort guess. of. And kind no, of in a no of. kind of way, sure, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, that's like a brief description. Um, it is really... Heather's is more intentional with its murder and it's also repeated murder like planned planned actually murder but i see this as more like a accidental death yeah it's more how they reacted afterwards to it that made it awful so oh yeah no it's it's more than along the lines of manslaughter (laughs) versus murder yeah (laughs) so you don't think courtney shoved the jawbreaker down too far on purpose I no. don't think so. I think she just wasn't thinking. Okay. Because she, she went from zero I mean, seemed, to <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marilyn and, Manson and, and his mustache really fast. And that thing was fucking giant. <laughs> we will giant. talk about that. That thing was a fucking no, giant, man. It was huge. That thing was going to kill somebody. I know Darren's aching to talk about that mustache. Um, yeah. now, now that I've brought it up. My job. Oh, was that done. was. Oh, that was. Mar- I forgot that Marilyn Manson was in it. Right? I saw it go by in the credits, and then I forgot about it. That was him in the. Okay, yeah. Because that was when he was engaged to Rose McGowan. See, I was still angry at them. I wasn't paying attention because I was like, "You promised me William Cat and PJ Souls, and you gave me that." So uh, anyway, yes, yeah, you know what? The thing is, is that, and we were saying this before we technically started taping back at the episode was this has a. It's the, there's so much more to say about the cast in this movie than there is to say about the actual movie. Like, oh, compared, I have to say about the movie. But, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> but, but I'm saying compared to Heather's, you know, I feel like there's more to talk about with Heather's just well, with this movie that doesn't movie. Have anything, yeah, this movie doesn't have anything to say. about right. you know, it, It's not about a bigger picture. Yeah, exactly. It's about one incident. But it is heavily, heavily inspired by heathers it is absolutely it is obvious you know down to the fact of like colors are very prominent here too and we don't necessarily have like a character assigned a singular color that they consistently use all the time Mm -hmm. however in the scene where they're covering up um the prom queen's murder Mm-hmm. Or accidental murder. You still have the bitchiest bitch, Courtney Shane, played by Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. wearing re- wearing red. You have mm-hmm. 
her second bitch in command, Julie, a.k.a. Foxy, um, <laughs> which cracks me up. Um, you know, or not, it's not Julie, it's Marcy. Mar- Marcy was Foxy. It's Marcy, but her real name's but Julie. So. Foxy, but Foxy. It's Julie Benz, you know, but she's wearing green, mm. okay, like Shannon Doherty was. And then you have the one of them that's kind of the good girl. Yeah. The better girl, which Julie played by Rebecca Gayhart, and she's wearing more blues. And she actually pretty consistently wears blue through this movie. Yeah, she does. So it's interesting to me that they have at least, like, it is a small nod to Heather's there, color-wise, even though they don't necessarily stick strictly to that. No, they don't. They don't really stick much to anything, so. (laughs) But, and and then you have, oh my god, I love her so much, Judy Greer. I think this is the first thing I ever saw her in. Yeah, I like Judy Greer. I did not like her in this. No, it's I not her fault. It's not her fault. No, it's that oh, that bad wig certainly does well, not the bad, help. The wig didn't help, but the characters they don't really evolve or go anywhere. It's just strange. No. It's a strange movie. It, every, nobody really learns anything. It's yeah, it's like they try to, but they don't. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the things, like watching it back to back with Heather's. Yeah. One of the things that makes Heather's work is that it's not about the Heather's. You're outside the Heathers, looking in the Heathers, at the Heathers the whole time. Yeah. This plunks you in with the awful people, and there's really nobody else for you. Yeah. And I couldn't connect as a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I broke the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> that's okay. No, you're right. You know, that's a good way to put it. That's actually condensed as a lot of, I think, what I was going to say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, there's, there's no, there's nobody to root for in this, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I liked Miss Sherwood. Here's, here's who I root <laughs> for. I did like Miss. Well, of course, Miss Sherwood. Of course, you can't go wrong this with is, Carol Kane. She could do this, no wrong. This is what I want to say about the cast so much. It is the secondary cast that I root for, and I want to, I want more of them. Miss Sherwood, played by Carol Kane, who I love. Yeah. Vera Cruz, played by Foxy Brown herself. Yeah. The goddess. Yeah. Pam Greer. Which she slams that jawbreaker down. She just drops out the movie, though. (laughs) He's underutilized in this movie. They really could have played that up. Well, they did it with all the cast, the the side cast. You got these great people to come in and And do stuff, and then you didn't really do anything with them. Yeah, how how little time did PJ Souls have? I, she barely got her face on camera. You blink. You at least get more time with Jeff Conway. Yeah. Yeah, and William Cat. You don't. Rest yeah. yeah. Blink too. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like. It's disappointing when you're like you have these people in the background, and even kind of creepazoid Marilyn Manson with that awful mustache. Mm-hmm is something that you're like, this is more interesting. And I thought to myself at one point, I almost want to see another movie that takes place entirely in that pickup bar called Girl Talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with with no what, girls in it. Yeah. Where are the girls? Except for all of a sudden hot, you know, Rose McGowan rolling yeah. up in there. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I if you want to see, see a movie with a with a with a footballer giving a blowjob to a popsicle, then this is the movie to see. Well, okay. <laughs> so 
here's my weird connection to this movie. So her, that's Courtney, like the Courtney character, she's dating the big, whatever, jock, Dane Saunders, whatever, uh-huh. played by Ethan Erickson. He is the voiceover on, I'm not going to say which account, advertising account that it is that I work on. Oh, okay. But he has like, been a lead voiceover for them oh. for a long time. And so, yeah, so I do, I'm like, I talk to his agent on a regular basis. That's my, that's my connection to this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Ooh, I'm a, <laughs> so special. <laughs> But it's just kind of funny when I, you know, after I went back and watched this movie, after I started, like, uh, getting this work coming in with his stuff, and I'm like, wait, what? I'm realizing, oh, that's that same person? And then you think of someone doing their voiceover work as a, you know, in commercial work, as opposed to what he does in a film like this. Yeah. He is that preposterous, one-dimensional jock character who... Well, yeah, gets but that's, into that was all up to a popsicle stick. That yeah. was all the male characters in this. The male characters in this were just drama boy. Had very little to do. Yeah, and weren't very well written. Some. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know it's disappointing because I don't know. You have this cast. It's fun, though, in a way. Like, not all the time. I mean, it's it's not something I turn to, like, all the time or anything. But I can throw it on and at least have enough fun with it. I will okay. say that. All right. I, all right. I won't take that away from you. It just, it just, maybe it was just seeing it back-to-back with Heather's. It, it just, it, it, like, there's, it there's so little joy in it. Yeah. I mean, these are miserable people. Yeah, and I no, and I totally agree with you. Seeing it back to back with Heather's is like no, I just I know I don't want to do that again. Yeah, to tell you the truth, but I could throw it on just randomly as something, you know, while I'm hanging out. Where was so, this in the timeline with Rebecca Gayhart's fatal car crash incident? What do you mean? Oh, Rebecca. Oh. Rebecca Gayhart was involved in like she did kind of the Matthew Broderick thing. She was involved in a hit and run, and she oh, ran. Oh, and she ran. Yeah. See, so I'm always I'm always a little. No, 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 no. That was November 2001. She pled. Uh, she pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter charge. All right. So this is her coming back. All right. So no, this was her before that. Oh, oh, 2001, right. Okay, sorry. Math. This movie. Yeah, right. Well, time warp, you know, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Time and uh, space and, yeah. Yeah, so when I see Rebecca Gayhart in, like, kind of heroic roles like this, I'm like, you mm-hmm. ran away from the fucking scene of the crime, bitch. <laughs> you learned nothing yeah, from your own movie. But it's it's like, but just, it's interesting to me, like, this cast, look at how many people you have that, have all these ties to all these other horror films. Sure, Julie Benz alone. <laughs> right. Is, is a small gold mine. PJ Souls. Sure. You, you know, William Cat, uh, in Judy Greer. Yeah. Rebecca Gayhart. She killed Michael Myers, man. Rose McGowan. Yeah. I mean like yeah, Judy exactly. Exactly. Spoiler. Spoiler. 
Pam Greer, like all the, you know, Carol yeah. Kane. Yeah. Like all these women, all yeah. these women. Yeah, I see what you mean. I just wish it was more fun. I know. I think there is some like some fun to be had, but it's not that much. No. And it uh, really, I feel that they're missed opportunities. I think it's because maybe it didn't have a focus. Like it needed to focus on either Rebecca Gayhart or Judy Greer, not both. Right. Right. Because both of them had interesting storylines, but I think they kind of watered each other down. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to put that because you know you had this interesting rise and fall of of what's her name, Violet. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting, which might have been – and then that's what gets her to crack or whatever. But, but it's right. – I don't know. I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Maybe because what they did was just too awful? I, I don't know. I don't know. Which is weird. Like, sure, serving a girl a glass full of Hulk cleaner is apparently okay by me, but <laughs> – <laughs> just brings me to the basic premise of it you know how girls kidnap each other for their birthdays what the fuck girls are these yeah yeah that's what i want to know yeah yeah they were gonna stuff her with pancakes and tired of the flagpole in her brawn pants <laughs> and see what happens next it's like what does that mean oh my god these are your fucking friends? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Again, it's, it's that whole thing that they, 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 they have to keep each other down. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. And the way that you have Courtney treating Foxy is, like, they're even down to the one point. Like, you see the way she keeps putting her down yeah. as much as Marcy's, like, I mean, a, a Foxy, same person, is, like, jumping up, you know, to please her. And like totally jumping through hoops. And even at one point, finally, Courtney just sticks her hand in like Foxy's face and like just like literally pushes her out of the way. Like not just a hand, you know, talk to the hand kind of gesture, literally pushes her out of the way. Like you are you and your opinion are shit to me right now. So get back in place. You're not good enough. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's it's a real, it's a small thing and it's a quick thing, but it speaks volumes to their relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then, okay, then you start thinking like, do you see Courtney in this movie? Is she more bitchy and evil than Heather Chandler from Heather's? Like in <sighs> high school. Who would do more damage? Um, we never saw Heather Chandler hurt anyone. Not mm. really. This girl had killed yeah. someone and had no remorse instantly. There, there was never friend. a moment of remorse. And a quote-unquote friend. Not yeah, even so I'd someone. say this one. This one is more dangerous than Heather Chandler. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. Or unhinged, I should say. Uh, probably. And the lengths that she went to cover it yeah. up. Like yeah. She, she actually went and framed somebody. No, you are absolutely right. The way she them. frames someone. Yes. And the fact that she had to do that like before the body was discovered. Yeah. So she, what, does that mean she had to move the body and then move it back? Yeah. 
that's some serious level dementia. Yeah. Going on there. Yeah. I mean, Heather was evil, but this girl's something else. <laughs> yeah, Heather would spread rumors that would drive you to suicide. Yes. You might or might not succeed. Yeah. But this, uh, she'd bury your body, mm-hmm. or you know, and cover it up. Mm-hmm. She let her cook in the fucking trunk all day all at school day, in the hot California school. sun. That's yes. sick. Yeah. God, how it must have smelled. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly. No, it's, you're absolutely right. It's, <laughs> and then planning, uh, do you want to talk about sexual assaults? We talked about yes. the last thing. They, have, they, they sexually assault a corpse in this. Yes. Of their friend. Yes. It's gruesome. Yeah. No, it, exactly. It's like, at first glance, I feel that this group does not seem quite as bitchy and evil. But in reality, they are worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just they initially seem a little more because they don't speak as harshly to you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't need to. Right. Uh-huh. Their actions speak much louder. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. And you even had your anorexia reference. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. The anorexia table. But they're all like picking apart fucking tater tots. Whatever that was. It was terrible. Well, they have that in Mean Girls as well. Yeah. 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 Like, it's kind of sad that that's like running joke of high well, click yeah. movies. Whether it's true or not, I don't. I mean, I know so many girls who have had, who have dealt with eating disorders. So I'm thinking it's much worse. No, they're usually intermingled. That's the thing. Yeah. And that's that's the really actually scary thing about it is they're intermingled in every group, or almost every group. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah. But that whole speech that Rose. Rose McGee, I guess it was Rose. I don't remember who it was now. Where they're explaining to Violet on her first day, we don't, we do not eat. Yes. In the cafeteria, this is that was a told Bradford speech. My yeah. ex was part of Atlanta society, and he cannot eat in public for all these reasons, like because you might drop something, you don't choose the wrong thing. What are people yeah. thinking about what you're eating? And sick. I can't even deal with that level. I know. Of self scrutiny, but that does exist. It does exist. I've seen people. Oh, we eat. We like to eat. We just don't like. We don't let people see us eat. Right. I don't know. I think it was just that uh, we never really got to see anything more of these girls, except for these one-sided notes. Like we never really saw Rose McGowan have a moment of weakness, Mm -hmm. or where she was human for a second. No, never got to see any of that. She was always a monster. Yeah. Yeah, because even at least with Heather's, you see at the college party, Heather Chandler has given that regret, that blow drop that she regrets. Yeah. And she looks at herself in the mirror and you see a moment of vulnerability. Yeah. Before she starts looking angry. Right, now I have to go and take it, this out on somebody else. And yeah. she has that, it's that moment of, I'm not going to cry. 
you know, but she gets angry and she yeah. keeps, she maintains a rage level, but she has a split second of, you see a vulnerability. You don't yeah. see that with Courtney or any of the girls here. No. No. And I mean, and then it's, yeah, you go, you go, you go. I was going to say, I mean, you see a small, but very small change with the Fern character. Once she transforms into Violet, you see where she's supposedly moves from this shy, whatever dowdy girl to this flashy, popular girl, outgoing whatever and bitchy you see some transformation but not much it's still not a lot and, and yeah it's really the signal is that bad wig comes off and <laughs> you know that makes her a different person she was still pretty before like actually if you looked except for that bad wig <laughs> you know just but <sighs> I don't know. It's still not enough. You need to see more. And you're right, Patrick. I think that you need to... It, it should have been... Who are we seeing transform and how they're... You know, with their character. Are we spending more time with the Julie, the Rebecca Gayhart character? Or are we spending a time with Fern slash Violet? I mean... I always want to see more Judy Greer and anything, whether that's just me personally, but I think, I don't know. I feel in order to make this story work properly, it would have to be the Julie character, you know, where she goes, ends up going against Courtney in the end, you know, so minimize the Fern journey into being Violet. I'm sorry. I've been talking for like 10 minutes and realized I was on the clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> AKA for the folks at home, folks at home, my 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 mic has the most sensitive mute button ever. You look at it funny, and it goes off. So I mean, I don't know how long I've had it on. So <laughs> okay, I've been making some really valiant points. Okay, I haven't so heard anything for a while. Time, Vanessa, that would be why. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anything for a while, and so I just kept talking. That's that why I was why. like, okay, I'm sorry. But yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think the last <laughs> thing we heard you say was, "Go ahead." Okay, so that was like a half an hour ago. So, oh, well, it's all gone now. Whatever, <laughs> whatever I said was brilliant, but it's lost the age. But anyway, no, so go ahead now. You, um, you... I don't know. I mean, it's like, um, I, I don't know what you heard. I think said something about the way the movie ends. Did I mention that? Did you get that part? No. The way the movie ends, it just ends. Rose McGowan is caught. There's no denouement. There's no lesson to be learned. There's no reflection afterwards. Nothing. Yeah didn't leave me i mean there's no bigger picture here it's just about this one story it's not i don't know it just <laughs> <laughs> and really and it just throws back up that like regurgitates the what the clip from earlier when judy greer's being questioned by pam greer <laughs> uh. different spelling greers um and you know she says what are what this is high school what are friends anyway? Yeah. And it is kind of that feeling that you see in Heather's of these are not people that, you know, rule the rest of your life. 
you know, high school only means so much yeah. in it, you know, the grand scheme of things. And right. how are you, you know, how are you treating people? How are you connecting to everyone? You know, why are you so obsessed with whatever popularity contest? Mm. You know, and what is a friendship at this point? Because, yeah, we're all a bunch of raging hormones at that age. And mm. are we ready to stab each other in the back? Or do we truly understand, you know, and practice, you know, any kind of any sense of loyalty and truth yeah. to friends? Well, even our uh, um, her justification for dating that football guy, she's like, whatever, I just need a prom date. You know, he's I just nothing. need a yearbook photo. He's a yearbook photo. He's this, he's that. He's something that probably won't even be remembered. Yeah. You know, in a couple of years. We'd be worth remembering. So she's already got everybody's disposable. Yeah. Which is really fucking grim. Exactly. But there's no counter to that. Right. There's no Betty Finn. <laughs> True. You're, you're absolutely right. Because all the other characters that you meet are just as bad. The other bathroom girls and the other ones that show up at the prom, they're just – they're all awful. Yeah, I want to know they more They turned about... Betty Finn into a Heather in this one. Yeah. They did. They did, but yeah. yeah. They did. They took off those glasses and good heavens, Miss Yakamoro, you're beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh, this movie is like 75% slow-mo hallway walks. Thank you. That was, <laughs> But that was so much of that era, I feel. It totally was, but I'm also watching going, look how small the steps they're taking are that they have to take. I feel like it was such a throwback to the craft. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's there's nothing good. There's nothing as great as a well executed slow mo entrance. But when you've had seventy five in one movie, with, I'm like, oh, stop! Yes, please. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's such the '90s music too, playing uh -huh. yeah. the entire time. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jawbreaker. Well, okay. So here's... I got nothing to say. <laughs> well, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. If go back to your high school days. Yes. Or junior high. Mm -hmm. And if someone offered you the opportunity of what is offered to like Fern and says, We'll make you over and make you a popular kid. Or whatever, you know, will transform you, and you could become your own version of Violet. Mm -hmm. Would you do it? Would you do it? I did it. I did do it. Well, you're fucking fabulous. That's why. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It was not. It was. It was a survival thing. It's like I have I to be as nasty. I didn't get the makeover, but it was like you have to have to start bashing on these kids too. But did you become popular because of it? I was left alone was invited to social events, I became more popular than I was. Okay. Was I ever close to the ruling clique? No. Was I allowed in the court? Yes. Okay. And did what did the did the abuse stop? Yes. Well, okay. For me. Yeah. And still shit I regret. Like I think about shit I did, like the kids I did it to, I'm like, oh God, I can't even Yeah. It's, it's not a thing I'm proud of, but it's something I have to be honest about that I was terrible. So Okay, that aside, uh, assuming that that hadn't happened, would 
you change into that position. Well, okay. Well, you're leaving out an important part. Is this are they? Why are they offering this to me? Because in this, there's a very specific reason we want you well, to shut up. Exactly. I mean, is this coming out of the blue? I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough. I don't know. For the sake of argument, let's say it just comes out of the blue. If it comes out of the blue. Well, yeah. Like, probably. I can't. I'm imagine. sure there would be some sort of price, but just. Yeah. For the sake of argument, if it came out of the blue. You would. What about you, Darren? I mean, I don't think so. Because I feel like it was, it would have been easy enough for me to do if I wanted to do it. Uh, but I, you know, like I said, I hadn't really been picked on since I was in second or third grade. So I don't know really what it would be like to feel alone in a sea of people that oh, don't no. see you. Right. right yeah. Right. So I don't think I would because I didn't, but yeah. Okay. What about yeah. you, Vanessa? Uh, well, yeah, what about you, Vanessa? <laughs> no, I, I would say it, the thing is, is that I would just merely make the, the, the bargain of, can you just be nice enough to me to not like make my life hell? Mm. But I wouldn't necessarily want, I don't, I wouldn't want to be popular. Like, the big, you know, in crowd or whatever. Like yeah. that was, I mean, that was really all I ever wanted from the popular girls was from them to just be, you know, civil and nice enough to me that they See, didn't that, treat me like shit See, all the yeah. time. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I'm just wondering, like, I'm also looking at it from an adult point of view. Yeah. When you're 11, 12, 15, whatever, very different mindset when popularity <laughs> literally is everything. But it's weird. I Even then, I was not like, I didn't like crave popularity. I just wanted someone to be nice enough to me yeah. and not be mean. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Yeah. I was very I simple with it. <laughs> oh. oh boy, was I naive. <laughs> nice. You want us to be nice? <laughs> no, I don't know. I just thought of, I just had that thought of, what what would happen if you were given that opportunity? And of course, then if there was the threat of something behind it, Jesus, then I totally fucking wouldn't. I mean, like, just no. Yeah. Uh, and you're the kind of girl that tells a tattletale. Yeah. yeah. I do love the way she says that because there are certain points where the phrasing is very much inspired by Heather's. Yes, that kind of heightened speech. Right. But it's not constant. No. Which I appreciate that. I'm like, okay, it, it's good that you at least have your nods in here, but it's not constant. Mm -hmm. I give them that. But, yeah, I wish it had more to say. I really... Yeah. But yeah. it don't. Yeah. No, because I remember I saw it when it came out. Mm -hmm. It sounded like it was going to be fun. Yeah. And was utterly let down. So, and I completely forgot the movie existed until you brought it up again. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll be fun this time around. No, no. It's actually less fun now. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this is a movie, unlike Heather's, that you could completely make now. 
this, yeah, this you can make now. And it wouldn't be an issue? No. No. It's just, I mean, Heather's, yeah, it's murderous sociopath teens wanting to kill the school. Yeah. Like, that's a much darker vision than this. This is, again, this is kind of accidental. Mm. It's just fucked up how they try to cover it up. Yeah. You know, that's really what it comes down to. But with friends like these, who needs enemies? Again, that is true. That is true. Do we have anything else to say about it? I think we've, <laughs> it sounds like we've wrecked it. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're going to do with the recommendation, I would do conditional recommends on this movie. I wouldn't say that anybody would like this. But I mm-hmm. think there is a type of fan for this. The people that like collect the the mean girls, Heather's jawbreaker, tragedy girls sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's the type of person I would suggest might check this movie out. Yeah. 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 No. If you're completist for this sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if you if you love the high school as hell. Yeah. Scenario great and i mean i'd call i totally not remembered that julie benz was in this probably because i didn't know who julie benz like julie benz wasn't doing buffy at the time so i wouldn't have known mm-hmm. her at the time so, she didn't yeah. make an so i was excited to see her right but um yeah i just mm. <laughs> no um, it's, I'm gonna it's... Have to say no i mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say no to a recommend this has been done in other ways and done a hell of a lot better they tried and it just it's more s- Flashing stuff over substance. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would, uh, I would give it a conditional recommend because I think, you know, some people might have fun with it, but again, yeah, there isn't a lot of substance in there, and but it, it you've got a great cast, mm-hmm. so at least you know that does give some enjoyment and it has like a you know a few good lines or whatever but um yeah it's not something i say run out and and see no definitely rent don't buy yeah unless you really want to see bad wigs and retainers (laughs) yeah 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 because i mean pink outfits they gave her some awful outfits oh my god off like even the, when she was supposed to be cool I'm like you still don't look that cool you look pretty awful no. so, yeah you still no, look like some a 40 year old woman so yeah and she was young just... I know I know but they dressed her like some like um what's the word I'm looking for um cougar yes they did yeah they're just like a cougar before they started cougars using the word cougars, cougar yeah. yeah exactly no you are absolutely correct but it's like I mean but then again Courtney would have made sure that she didn't have the coolest clothes. Right, of course. And even if Fern, as Violet, went out and started shopping for herself, she still wouldn't have, in theory, as good a fashion sense. Yeah. Oh, what you know what you know what just just popped in my head. Just the scene was so out of sync with the rest of the movie. That weird makeover slash funeral scene where they're making yeah. over Violet, and you're also seeing the body getting oh, yeah. very right. strange scene. That yes. was more out of Heather's. Yeah, that was. Than for this movie. Yeah. 
totally out of joint. Yeah. Oh, that little jawbreaker size scar on her neck. Oh, oh gosh. Oh my gosh. And all that, that scene with the kid, like just close ups of kids shoving jawbreakers in their mouths. Like, like they're picturing those kids having to lick those things for 12 hours on set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This arm hyped up on hyped up on sugar kids just like, I was like rampant over everything. I was gonna say, who is the sag child handler that was trying to control all those kids hopped up on sugar? Yeah. Or worse, they weren't they weren't jawbreakers at all, but they're just like some plastic ball. Just like this ball. <laughs> oh my god. Don't look at me, look straight ahead. No, but then they were looked dead into the camera. I'm like, stop that. This is gross. Some pedophile's getting off on this. Gross. Sorry, sorry to re- I'm sorry, but that just popped into my head. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, on that note, I think we've concluded our discussion there. Um, Patrick. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Today. Thank you. This is fun. It's a fun way to spend Saturday after- Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Whatever day of the week it is. I don't know. Actually, it would suck for Saturday, but for Sunday, it's right on the money. Yeah. Is there um how how can people find your show? Oh, very easy. I'm at www.screamqueens.com and that's Queens with a Z, like Liza. Um, you can <laughs> find me on Facebook. Do a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay, which is the full title of the show. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens, Instagram Scream Queens podcast, all with Z's. Of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. 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 Got some cool guests coming up. You know, Women in Horror Month is next month, so we got some great guests coming, and it'll be fun. Awesome. Yep. Great. Okay. Well, then we are going to let you go, and then Darren and I will be back to close Talk out the show. To you about me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. Okay. Bye, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> be right back. In a world gone mad. As you know, the Doomsday Clock is a symbolic clock face analogizing humankind's proximity to extinction. One man must fight to survive on the global junkie of the future. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Which? Versus the Doomsday Clock is that man's story. His search for entertainment is transmitted across time and space for your listening pleasure on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and your Android device. This podcast is not fit for human consumption. Some effects include laughter, concern, nausea, vomiting, and blame for more purposes. The magicians accept our responsibility for any side effects, illness, or their friend, my cause. My effect guarantees with nothing. Zero, zero, zero. Uh, I roll, no sausage. In short, you get nothing. Nothing. Good day, sir. Okay, and we are back. So, yeah, as our discussion with Patrick from Screen Queens on uh, Heathers and Jawbreaker. That was a lot of fun. And, um, I, okay, so... On the last episode, the last, our, our proper big episode where we talked about let the right one in, um, I know I brought up, like, and, you know, when I asked the question, like, I was curious, like, is this maybe, does this possibly have a following with 
uh, trans or gender nonconforming people. And I know we had the pronoun discussion about the Ely character. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and I know that, we, you know, while we are allies, we are both cisgender, so we cannot speak <laughs> for trans people or gender nonconforming people. So I actually decided to ask um, a friend of mine who is trans and who is also like a literary academic. So, you know, I, I was kind of like, you know, she could maybe give that spin on things too. And she's also a horror fan. So I thought she might be familiar with, with this like movie and book. So uh, like, you know, I kind of, I thought I'd ask her and, you know, in, as she does say in this, so I, I sent her an email asking just in general, like, okay, mention that we brought up like our pronoun discussion in there and the gender identity of the Ely character. And so she and I kind of had a, a little bit of email exchange that I actually wanted to share. And she does say, she's like, I don't speak for every trans person. I'm like, I know that, but <laughs> I thought it was important enough that we at least get a trans person's point of view. And the fact that, again, someone who's also a, like literary academic and a horror fan, yeah, I, totally. thought that it, I thought it would be some good input um, for us. So I'm going to read that right now, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, like I said, I just said, asked about the pronoun discussion. And then if she thought that there was possibly a following among trans or gender nonconforming people. So she says, that's an interesting question about let the right win in. So I watched it and did a bit of reading about the book. And my personal answer would be to use she, her, hers for Ely in the movie, and they for Ely in the book. Although I'm not saying that I'm the authoritative trans truth on the issue. For me, when I saw Ely ask whether she is a, she's not a girl and say that she's not a girl, I thought it doesn't have to do with anything gender. It could mean girl versus woman or girl versus vampire and not necessarily girl versus boy. But... If it were to do with gender, my thought is that Ely was a trans girl. And I'm not a girl something the cis would imagine trans people to say when coming out. That's why I would say she would, I would, that's why I would use she, her, hers. Since I thought she identified as female and not girl or vampire or she was a trans girl. I can also see the case where Ely identified as non-binary, but that didn't seem to be the case. That didn't seem to be something that cis folk in 2008 would be thinking. But I did some reading on the Wikipedia talk page for the novel, where there's a flame war from 2008 about sex slash gender. Apparently the narrator started starts using female pronouns for Ely and then uses male pronouns after it's revealed that they're a quote-unquote castrated boy. But that just seems like a thing that a fucked-up cis narrator would say. 
Ely just described themselves saying, quote, I am nothing, not a child, not old, not a boy, not a girl, nothing, end quote. So that's why I would use they, them, theirs. All this brings up the issue of whether we should follow an author or a narrator's use of pronouns. I would say no, although I realize some may disagree with me. I've actually come across this issue in a paper on Pedro Almodovar's Bad Education. I haven't seen it, but there's a part where the adult version of the character who has transitioned and the person who wrote the paper used he, him, hers because in the screenplay, that's what Almodovar uses. I say use female pronouns since I consider the author to be misgendering their character. I realize it's weird to say an author can be wrong and about something they created. To say that a fictional character can have their own gender identities independent of the author, but cis people misgender trans people so much in the real world that I err on the side of saying the author is merely going along with a transphobic norm instead of making a point about their character's gender identity. And I think that's fucked up that this paper, that this dude wrote this paper using male pronouns and only addressed the issue in a footnote. It's, I think it's worth having a discussion about what pronouns to use, or you shouldn't use pronouns at all, which I personally think is a cop-out. And I respond back with, I'm sure I'm projecting to some degree and want let the right one in to have an LGBTQ bent. And then I put in parentheses, there's another character I wonder in the movie could be read as gay. I don't give the writer and director the credit to be conscious of genuinely exploring gender identity. I think it's really an extension of you're a human and I'm a vampire as different creatures slash species. I agree with you. The gender identity definitely isn't trans, but it is non-binary. I think it's an extension of the difference of human versus vampire. But I do. But I want to know: Do you think trans and gender non-conforming people might be drawn to this story and character, a vampire interpretation that plays with gender identity, or is that my limited cisgender view? <laughs> I had to ask her. <laughs> Just curious on your thoughts. I'm not that far into the book yet, so I can't shed light on that that side of things. I'm still speaking based on the Swedish movie, regardless of the intent, I do think it's an interesting aspect of the vampires portrayed here, not something I've really seen in other vampire interpretations. So then we got on Skype and had a little, like, ended the conversation, okay? So, so she says, again, I don't speak for all trans people, you know, and I'm like, of course, I get that, but we wanted at least some representation. Um, And she says, I still think that the author and director use this gender device to illustrate it limitality rather than gender identity. This might appeal to trans or gender non-conforming people, but it would be more in the general sense of being an outsider, which is something explored in vampire films as a whole. But there isn't an existing following that I know of. So, and then I said, I agree. You know, gender, Ely's gender is to further the sense of otherness between human and vampire, but does it, but it, it does it in a way, a different way than we usually see. And 
it's something it it's something more along the lines of the depictions of vampires who get attributed animal-like qualities in movies like from dust till dawn where we see you know change from a human into a lizard type creature or vampire i mean dracula where we see him change from a vampire to a wolf or vampire lovers where she changes from a human into a cat but you know most aren't playing with gender identity and i do think that if the same story had been written by someone who is not cisgender this aspect would have played out differently so that was i thought i'd share all of that no no that's that's very important to have added as sort of a yeah a, another voice yeah well and furthering I, I mean, the conversation you know we were talking about it a lot and i kept thinking and thinking about it and so i and again i wanted to get my friend away in because i i know while we're both allies to the trans and gender nonconforming community we are not part of that so we we can only we only have a limited experience and can only speak so far so and um and again, the fact that, you know, it had the added bonus of her having the academic literary background and being a horror fan, you know, you know, I thought that, but I thought that was interesting that she brought up the fact of an author, like misgendering their own character and like being wrong about their own character. And I think actually you can do that a lot where an author can be wrong about their character. I mean, it's not something I had thought about a lot until she mentioned it, but it was like, no, actually, I started thinking about other things that I've, you know, like, plenty of things that I've read where I'm like, yeah, that author was probably a little wrong about that character. I mean, you know, it's because everybody has their a limited experience when they're writing. Yeah. You can't write everyone else's experience, for, you know, expertly. I mean, that's an unrealistic thing. But anyway, I thought I'd share. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to have had further information added onto that conversation because yeah, I'm I'm further outside. Well, and she did, and she did thank both of us for even just going down the path of just the discussion of gender, um, the the, the pronoun preferences. Yeah. yeah. No, because she was like, no, you're absolutely right. That's a discussion that needed to be had. So. We try. I'm glad we did something right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we try. And we're going to try next month. Uh, I think, I, have we announced February? We have, we have not announced what we're doing for February or beyond. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah. Darren, tell everybody what we're going to be doing next month. All right. Next month, we will be doing The Spook Who Sat by the Door, both the book and the film. Yeah. Yeah. Two uh, white people talking about <laughs> black experience. No, like, <laughs> again, we will have limited ability in that conversation, but... um. You're not familiar with either one of them, are you? Uh, not very. I already owned the movie. Uh, yeah. I, I got the movie a 
couple years ago. Um, have have you seen it? What? No, no. I was saving it okay. for an episode. Uh, oh. um, so it's <laughs> I almost bought it. And then I said, wait a second. I already did. And I had to look through because I have this little section of things that I really want to watch. But I also want to have that first impression fresher in my mind for a show. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, a couple chapters into the book. Okay. Okay. No, I, I think that they're both, uh, I mean, I think they're both very important in um, specific ways and, and uh, talking about, yeah, African-Americans in uh, society and politics and actually Hollywood. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. And... Um, I don't know. We we don't have an official name for it, I guess. No, nope, not yet. No. But I guess that's fine. That seems to be our motif now. We're thinking to the last minute. We'll surprise <laughs> you when we open that episode. <laughs> we'll figure it but, out. But, yes, we'll figure it out. So, um, anyway. In the meantime, um, you have anything else going on, Darren, that you want to share with the crowd? Uh, let's see. The the Midnight Horror Show seems to be back. Um, I'm going to be doing a couple guest spots on a couple. Of, I'm going to be doing some guest spots on some shows coming up, but I don't know if I if they're set up enough to bring them up now. Um, but they'll probably have happened by the time that you're hearing this. Um, that's over at Psychosemantic. I've got a couple early research things into the schoolhouse scotch on the rocks thing where I sort of explain a thing that gets brought up a lot on the show or talked about a lot in the group, the psychosemantic group. And I am talking with somebody right now about maybe doing an interview and at least a review of a horror movie coming out in the next month or so. Uh, so I'm learning about that as we talk. So I am yeah. not hiding any information. I just don't know it yet. So we'll see where, where that goes. The government's shut down right now. So the show doesn't have a whole lot of current issues to talk about unless we just keep talking about the shutdown. Yeah, which gets old after a while, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so I am like a unpaid federal worker trying to do stuff, but. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, right. What, what about you? Well, by the time this comes out, the Monster Blair Witch episode will be out over at Devour. That um, I forget what our recording, our raw recording ended up being. And I know Bo's like putting in all this other stuff with it, clips and stuff. But it, uh, yeah. That was a long one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's done. <laughs> um, and yeah, so and we discussed like all the Blair Witch movies, all the fake documentaries, all the books, um, video games, comics, like you name it. It's discussed pretty much. Yeah. So it's a rabbit hole of Blair Witch and then, I don't know what we're doing for the next episode after that, but 
I will also be doing a an an episode of Witch versus the Doomsday Clock sometime soon. So oh, cool! That's one of the ones that I'll be doing since we're uh, twinsies on that. We'll uh, uh, <laughs> we'll say it here first. There you go. I don't know when that's coming out, but so. Yeah, we're dealing with multiple timelines when when it's Witch versus Doomsday Clock. Right. Exactly. Uh, but with us, let's so. see. You know the if you're listening to us, you probably know how to listen to us. But we're in a lot of the usual podcast places, and what on our Twitter and Instagram, we are VD Clinic Pod. Yeah. And our email is vdclinicpod at gmail.com. You can always find us over at Legion Podcasts. Um, our other shows are on there as well. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's probably a go-to place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for all your podcast needs. Hey, yeah, for all your podcast needs. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. No. You set me up for that one, Darren. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. Exactly. Um, but thank okay. you for listening to this and see you next time. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at VD Clinic Pod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group vd clinic podcast we'd love to hear your feedback suggestions and more it was homecoming night at my high school everyone was there it was totally cool i was real excited i almost wet my jeans Oh, God.
Debbie, who's Johnny? Does anybody here know Johnny? Are you Johnny? There was one guy named Johnny, but he was a total geek. He always had food in his braces. Answer me, Debbie, who is Johnny? Oh, God, this is like that movie, Citizen Kane, you know, where you later find out Rosebud was a...